On today's podcast, we talked about the future of content. We answered questions from the community. What else, V? Uh, we talked about some heated discussions that have been coming up lately and how we kind of navigate through those. It was actually a really fun conversation that we yeah. had. How to lead with heart. Yeah. And uh, how to look out for others. Less consumption, more discussion. Welcome back to another episode of the Creator Clubhouse. I am Prince, your host, along with Miss Vieira and DJ. What's DJ. up, guys? What's up, guys? Cool. <laughs> um, here we are. So, what do we got on tap for this week, DJ? Um, I think we're going to be talking about where we see content going in 2021. You think? Yeah, I think. You think? You think uh, well, we it's, in, talk it's about that? in my notes, so it's official. <laughs> Cool, it's official then. Um, like a whistle. Sure. Should we should we go through some of the questions that we got from last week's listeners first, or do we want to put that towards the end of the show? I would love that. Let's hit the questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So last week we had a few people from the show, some listeners reach out with some questions. The first question was uh I've struggled to find a balance between creating content I like versus content I think others will enjoy. Uh, this is from Garrett. So how might you guys go about that? Creating content you guys like um, and enjoy versus content that others will enjoy? That's an interesting question. I think for me, like, I don't really have a choice necessarily because, like, I create content for money. So that's my job. I don't have, like, a personal Instagram that's, like, just things that I that I like. Um, so I don't have a choice. I think my choice is to either like what I do or not. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, I have to do it anyway, so I can like it or I can not to. So I just choose to like enjoy what I'm doing. Um, but for like platform stuff, I personally haven't like really posted or shared that much this year just because I'm like, I don't know, I'm just in a weird place and I don't feel like I need to be like sharing a bunch of stuff. Right. What about you, V? I'm sorry that I'm <laughs> It's cool. <laughs> I've just never seen someone smile, grin from ear to ear, and just say, I'm just in a really weird place. (laughs) I I think it's good. It's like a good place. Well, I don't want to be sharing stuff, right? Like, my thing is, I'm just trying to figure things out, and I'm not just going to be posting all of this, like, my life is perfect, or happy content, or, like, whatever, because I'm just figuring stuff out. So, like, I have to be authentic to who I am, but I also don't want to, like, post things that are super depressing. So, I'm, like, I'm just choosing to be, like silent right now and i'm creating stuff on my own but it's like just for me it's like more like therapy for me right now and so i'm like i'm not gonna be like the influencer who's like going through stuff and then just like or i'm not gonna be an influencer i was gonna say (laughs) well it's actually funny dj because you're not an influencer (laughs) (laughs) funny story true story you're actually not an influencer yeah, I don't want to burst your bubble, but actually, that's not you. You got to have at least 10K for that, bro. Yeah, it's cool. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> no, this, I, this I, get what, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I just don't want to be like be continuing to post and make like building this like whole facade. So like for what I do, I have to be creating content. And so my choice is to either like love what I'm doing or not. Either way, it has to get done. Um, but for my own personal stuff, I'm just kind of taking a step back and like just creating stuff for me right now and yeah. seeing where that takes me. Yeah, I love that. I I mean, you guys know what my answer is going to be. What is it? I'm all about just creating stuff that, that you want to create, you know? Yeah, for but sure. But I could see where that could get difficult. 
So say I was an influencer. Yeah, just hypothetically. <laughs> Whatever that word means. Yeah. Part of it is your job. So like maybe some days you don't want to wake up and go to your job in the morning, but that's your responsibility. You need to go to your job. So there could be a weird middle ground to find where you're still expressing yourself creatively, but then also, um, you know, giving the people what they want. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. And I also feel like if you truly are doing what's inspired deep inside you, people see that and love that. And so it's just going to make them love you even more. I think it's hard. I think like your identity, having your identity tied to like what you have to share puts you in like a really weird place. Oh yeah. That's scary. So thank God we're just Thank God we're not influencers. Thank God I'm not DJ, a, honestly. Personally, I'm a micro influencer. <laughs> Leave me alone. Here's my here's my take on that. So I create pretty much all the content that I create for the most part is for myself, but I don't have I don't share anything. So it doesn't it like I do it for me. And I think a lot of people that have this this conflict of creating content that I like versus content that someone else will like they're conflicted because they're trying to it's it's all it's all about the status of this following it's like I need to grow a following around these things that I'm posting the reality is you can have your business page and post like the type of content that you think people like or you think will get paid for or or, or that you think you could get clients with or whatever that may be whatever that that paradigm is that you created and you could have a second page that you don't have to even worry about trying to gain followers. Just let it organically grow and just post the stuff that you love to post. And you don't need to spend a ton of time on that. You know yeah. what I mean? And so yeah. I, I feel like it's really not as challenging as people make it. I think it's just, it's a mindset. And I think a lot of people are in the mindset of if you have a channel on social media, it has to have followers and it has to, you know, grow a certain rate and, and things like that. And I just don't think it really matters. So I think it's super important to do things that you love, because I think when you do the things that you love, you become more creative and you become more in tune and, and you birth a lot of ideas. I think we need to play more as creatives. And if you're always doing business work, quote unquote, or work for others, then that means you're not thinking outside of the box. You're not experimenting. And, and, and eventually your ideas become dry and all of a sudden you're left, you, you know, you're the guy who's making still 19, you know, early 2000s hip hop or pop music and, and the world's move forward. But because you never took the time to experiment and get out ahead of the curve or, or try new things, you got left behind. So I think people that don't play and are always creating what they think people want get stuck in a rut. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You also become almost like a slave to the algorithm too. That's what I've seen a lot of people do. They're checking their like their insights and everything so much, their <laughs> analytics, and they're just like, Okay, people like it when I do this and they like it when I do this kind of caption and it's like you're literally just playing to the algorithm you're creating for an algorithm, not even necessarily for what people care about or what they want or because you have something to say. You're literally just playing for likes and that's Well, that's what I was gonna say. That is the bigger question. It may might not be giving people what they want, but should I be posting things that I know aren't going to get a lot of engagement that I really genuinely like? Yep. Or do I post like for me, for instance, it's like, or I don't even know how I want to say this <laughs> for a girl. You yeah. post a picture of a sunset, hardly any engagement. You post a picture of yourself with a nice little yep. <laughs> outfit on or a nice little shot of your face and it's just like so much engagement if you don't really want to post that don't post it yeah right but i mean that's just my micro 
influence. <laughs> no, I could, I feel that. I think, you know, it's a super interesting concept, the whole likes game, the algorithm gang, and the, even the, the game of the insights, I think is, it's pretty ridiculous. I think for the most part, yeah. because the, the data is insufficient. Yeah. And so you're like making, everyone feels like they're, they're, they're data analysts with their little Instagram insights and they're, they're making decisions on what to create based on one video that did well. And they have no idea. They think they know the reality is you think, you know why it did well, but you don't really know, you yeah. know why it did well. Yeah. There are certain things. I understand that there are certain formulas out there. I, I, I talk to a lot of people that are like, yeah, you know, landscape, pretty girl, center frame, uh, shallow depth of field and, you know, and saturated, you know, orange and teal and you got a banger and that's going to get likes period. Yeah. Uh, and, but is that art? Right. <laughs> so Probably I, not. <laughs> but that's a different, but that's a whole different game. So it's like, yeah. are you, are you playing the popularity game? Right. So if you're playing the popularity game, it's like, we're gaming the system to, to gain more attention. We'll call it cheap attention, fast food, and with this attention, we're trying to sell ad space to brands that are just trying to get in front of us. They're not really connecting with us because we have some some artistic style or we have a unique perspective or something special to say. They're just trying to get in front of our audience. And, and if that's the game you're playing, then that's fine. Yeah. But be aware of that's the game you're playing. I think that's different than being I'm a creative and this is my perspective and I specialize in making uh, futuristic hip hop videos for artists. And that's my lane and I slay that lane and I'm the only guy in the space you know, that does it this well. And when artists and rappers and people want to, you know, create something that's that vibe, I'm the guy they connect with yeah, because yeah. that's my lane and I own that. Yeah. I, th I feel like if you're doing it for business, you really do have to play the game a little bit, but I think it's really easy. And we see this all the time. There's people who just get sucked up in playing the game and then they become, they're just, they're trapped that you're literally building yourself like a golden prison. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? But seventh grade week before school started i saw everybody <laughs> was it myspace was myspace the thing myspace was hot <laughs> myspace was hot. everyone <laughs> had these etnies and so i had to go to the mall and get etnies yeah and instead of just going to the mall and getting shoes that i was genuinely just oh i want these I had to get these specific etnies to just fat. to because I knew that that's what I needed yeah. to be, you know, to be in with everybody. Yeah, it'd be one thing if I just went to the mall and like, oh, these are cool, and yeah. they just happen to be etnies. Great <laughs> success. Yeah, but I just look back at that and I'm like, why did I do that with so many things? Right, and it just—I mean—it's a very microcosm of. It's because you want to fit in. I feel like I feel like there's. <laughs> It's a balance. It's like, it makes sense to fit in on some level, but like, if you just do everything that everyone else does, then you really don't have, like, you don't have your There's own no identity. Yeah. yeah. Well, that goes back to, you know, I think in the first episode we were talking about how we're unique individuals, all having our own unique experience and our goals and everything is different, but it's hilarious at the same time we're all trying to be the same. It's like yeah. everyone was like, I'm unique. I want to be unique. I'm, I'm different, but, it, but. At the same time, we're all buying similar clothes. We're all dressing a certain way. We're all speaking a certain way. We're all listening to a certain type of music. Um, we're constantly trying to to fit, fit in. in 
for for whatever reason, and I'm trying I, to fit in and also stand out, right? Yeah. And stand out. I want to fit in, but I need, to, but I want to stand out. Um, we are weird creatures, but I think individual. that's changing. I think, and I think you know, I think you're seeing people break out of that mold, and I think a lot of people are 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 becoming more comfortable with embodying who they are for and, sure. and, and embodying that. That being unique is cool. Yeah. Having scars is cool. Not being perfect is cool. Not having the perfect face, the perfect body, the perfect yeah. thing is okay. Like what's yeah. cool is your personality and who you are. Like that's what makes you cool. Mm-hmm. It's not like you don't get to be default cool because you're buff. Yeah. You don't get to be def- default cool anymore because you're hot. I think the cool now is being unique, yeah. having a cool perspective, having yeah. something to say. Being original is cool in a world of, of cookie cutter. Yeah. Cookie cutter, right? Mm-hmm. It's like homes. You know, look at real estate. What do most people gravitate towards? Like unique homes really stand out because we live in a world where it's, you know, these these pop-up overnight cul-de-sacs are built and every single house looks the same. And that's kind of like how, that's how, like, that's a perfect reflection, I guess, of, of, of yeah. people is, yeah. is like these cul-de-sac style homes. Yeah. It's just, there's just not a lot of substance. And I like the substance. Like I like... I think celebrating your differences is really important. Celebrating your struggles is really important because it's like that's what makes you who you are. And when you start to understand that about people, it just like it opens all kinds of doors. Like when you know what somebody's been through, what they've struggled with. The hard part is people don't want to open up about that because they're like, oh, you're going to judge me. You're going to treat me different because of what I've been through. But like those actually like the perfect facade just like doesn't do it for me. It's like. Yeah, what have you struggled with? Like, what's your what's your thing? Mm-hmm. And when you can be honest about that, I'm like, okay, this person's real. And no one can copy who you are. Shout, for out, sure. shout out Ja Rule and J-Lo. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to listen to that song now. Which one? I'm real. Oh, I don't even know it. Uh, way <laughs> you walk, the way you talk. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so crispy in these headphones, too. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Sony WH-1000XM4 noise-canceling headphones. My favorite feature, I I have so many features, and obviously the noise-canceling is amazing, but one of the best parts about these headphones is they're comfortable. I can wear these things all day. I've been on long flights to New York, and coming from Boise, as you know, V and DJ, when we travel to NY, we always have a layover. And so it takes, it's like an all day trip to get to New York here. And we'll be rocking these headphones from the time we leave Boise until the time we land in New York City without my ears being all bruised up and sensitive. I know you guys can relate if you've had headphones that make your ears all tender and and make them feel weird. These headphones are really, really comfortable. Yeah. And they're like kind of soft touch too. So just like all around, whether you're like touching the ear cup, they just have like a very nice, like kind of gentle feel. Great for all day wear, great for traveling. I was going to say the battery life. Oh, yeah. That's also really nice. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Battery life on these things is huge. I rarely, like, honestly, how often do you guys find yourself recharging your headphones? Literally never. Never. Yeah. Like, I think... (laughs) They're they're like magical. No, the the I would say like the millennial feature is like you can plug them in for ten minutes and it's a five hour charge. That to me is like a game yeah, changer. Yeah, it's so quick. So even if you do, so say you're traveling all day, you plug it in at the airport for five minutes and it's 
back to fully charged. Yeah, that hi- hypercharged technology. I don't, I don't understand it, but <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> I don't get it, but I love it. It has this really sick app, which is probably one of my favorite things. Is the headphones app allows you to go in and change the equalizer. You can change yeah. the actual how the headphones sound, and you can also put on like a D E E E extreme. And it basically fills in the gaps. So with like streaming audio, there's a lot of holes basically because it's like it has to stream. So it's like a lower quality sound. So this basically fills in the gaps. And I would say it boosts like the treble. It boosts the highs a little bit. Um, But just overall sound quality wise, it's like a night and day difference. I just keep mine on all the time because it, it really actually makes a difference. You can either set your headphones to have a better battery life or better sound quality. And for me, I'm all about sound quality. And even though I keep mine on the best quality sound, I still have amazing battery life. I honestly find find myself probably charging my headphones, especially when I'm not traveling. Maybe like once every like I'd say like once every 20 days, I have to like it'll it'll die and I'll have to charge them up. Yep. The sound quality is is amazing on these. It's next level, honestly. The, the challenge with, I think you can get work by doing what you love too, by finding your differentiation and, and, and playing with that and, you know, really cultivating that and focusing that. I think people that, I think there, I don't think that you have to specialize, but I think there's something to be said for people that specialize in a certain thing. Yeah. When you specialize in a certain type of content, you know, you make 40 hip-hop animations you're the guy you're just like the 40 hip-hop animation guy in the space and so when adidas wants to do a a cool dancing ad or whatever with cinema 4d and hip-hop or whatever brand you're that you know you're that person and i don't think there's anything wrong with that and i i think that's when you can find the perfect balance of doing what you love and also bringing in the business side yeah uh is when you can to differentiate like that and, and find something that works. I think it takes time to figure that out. I think some people make weird things and they get upset that no one likes it. And to me, that just says like, hey, you just don't have a product market fit, P- period. The yeah. market has responded. They don't like what you're making. So either you can be default to making it for yourself and find a different thing for the business side or try to find something else that you enjoy making that is also works on the business side. Yep, for sure. Do you know who does that really well? Tommy Lundberg. Yeah, facts. He's the goat. Who else does? Who else do you guys think does does it really well? M- Michael Beeple, I think, is a big yeah. one. I probably took DJs. <laughs> J- Jay and Silva. <laughs> Jay and Silva's great. Um, Connor Surdy, who's going to be on the podcast next week, is another big one who just does his does his thing, um, and it works out for him. But anywho, you got nothing. I see it. It was all good. I actually didn't understand the question, and I've been trying to like replay it in my mind. (laughs) And I'm like, I hear you guys listen. Just like 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 people who find their niche. Like, but the sad part is, so like Tommy Lundberg, yeah, great picture of someone who is just going after what he. I mean, I would how I would see it is him being like finding his creative flow and just moving in that. Mm-hmm. But I could also see other people looking at him or his account or talk and they're like, I want to emulate that so I can become just like him. Yeah. That's where you fall short. Yeah. Yeah. But well, like and he's Tommy had- is like following, like 
found his one percent that differentiates him right and like what he enjoys and goes after that and then along the way he's doing all these different unique things that are make inspiring people well carl's another good one carl shakur is he is carl no one else can be carl carl lets his personality shine so much through his channel through his page that you can't you can't really mimic him you can try to you could try to copy his photos you could try to copy his look and his style, yeah. but you can't really take, you can't replace Carl because Carl, his brand yeah. is, is, is who he it's is him. and, and that energy sh- shines and, and brands and people, you know, that's what they're, that's what they're buying, right? Yeah. That's what they're connecting with is like, we love this magnetic character yeah. and that's who you want to work with. He's got soul. I think soul is really important. Tommy, Tommy's the same way. Like back to him real quick. Like he, I can see something that he's done. Like he did a lot of stuff for mosaic church back in the day and I would see stuff on their account and I'm like, man, this is just like different. It just has like mm-hmm. a different energy to it. And then I found out that he did it and I'm like, that makes sense. I love Tommy's work. This is Tommy's work. You could see it and know he's even had like people copy like the exact, like he does these like moving animation things and he had someone copy like the exact location. It was for a brand too. They copied the exact location, exact thing, exact idea, and did it the same, but it just like wasn't as good. And <laughs> like he just he just has soul. Like yeah. he puts it in his work and you see it. You feel it. Facts. <laughs> um <laughs> some more. <laughs> so uh let's hop into the next question that we had from the community. This one's from Chris. Chris said, what is the importance? Uh, I'd love for you guys to chat about the importance of saying no and being okay with potentially losing out on a job. And so I'll start us off on this one. I think it's important to say no to things you don't enjoy doing, but I think there's a time and a place for saying no. I think if you're struggling with paying your rent and your bills, you don't really have the option of saying no. <laughs> that is not the time to that say no. That is great. I <laughs> yeah. love that so, answer. <laughs> so so I've, I've been there. There's, you know, there's times... Uh, when I was younger, when I was struggling to pay my bills, I was behind on things and I didn't get to say no to anything. Like I had a, like I, there was projects I remember doing that I hated. I was so upset that I had to shoot these videos, but guess what? I didn't get to be a diva because I didn't, you know, I could barely afford a $5 freaking pizza at little Caesars. So (laughs) (laughs) I had to go and, and shoot. And so I kept shooting things. Until I got to a point to where I was at that freedom number. So you have to figure out your freedom number, I think, first and foremost. Like, what is your freedom number? What is that number that you need to make to where all your needs, (laughs) your basic needs are met? Yeah. Yeah. Once your basic needs are met, then you don't need to make extra money from there. Then I think, I think, then at that point, I think it makes sense to say no to things that aren't going to lead to, like we talked about the last episode, building long term compounding relationships. And so you want to say no to projects that are just one-off projects uh, that are just time consuming, unless it's a profitable project, right? I think there's times where it makes sense to take off a one-off project. If a, if a brand comes to you and says, hey, we have a $130,000 budget for a commercial and that's a one-off project, A, if you kill it, if they're, if they're willing to invest that much money, there's a good chance that if you do a great job that that could build into something. And even if they never came back to you again, there's enough potential there you know to make enough income for you that it could free up time you can hire people to do a lot of the work there's there's a great scalability in a project like that yeah and so i I think it's all it's all case by case at the end of the day totally um but i think you have to use some level of discernment when you're making these choices of whether you should say yes or say no to your projects you got to get out of the mindset of just saying yes to everything because i feel like a lot of creatives 
just say yes to everything without without thinking why. Yeah. And that leads to headaches. Last thing is headaches. By saying yes to a lot of projects, and I think we can all relate in this room, there's projects where you've said yes to where you're like, looking back, I really wish I would have said no. Because that project turned into a nightmare, made the relationship weird with the people. I didn't make any money. I was just doing a favor. Whatever it may be, there's so many projects we've said yes to, to where it's like creatives have a really hard time saying no. And I think we need to you know, put our big big boy pants on and be okay with saying no. 100%. Yeah, I think I think my perspective on that is like secure the bag first, like get your money right, whether even if you're working a job, even if you have to work a job that's not creative at all, but like you have to have your basic needs taken care of to be able to create art. Like you can't create good things when you're like struggling through life because your focus is just so split. And so my advice would be like say yes to whatever while you're getting your stuff figured out, even to free projects while you learn your style and all that stuff. But then once your basic needs are taken care of, then you can really flex. You can create your art. You can do things without always having to be worried about like, is this going to pay me enough or can I pay my rent? You can actually be creative. I feel like once that's taken care of, I would say no to things that you feel like anything that goes against your values, even if your values are creating things that you're not proud of, Like, if you're going to be making something that you're not proud of just for a paycheck, don't do it. Like, even if if you have to make something that you're not proud of for free, do that instead. Mm -hmm. I would say any day over making things for money that you're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I like that. Were we talking with Kyle about that? Like, if it's not going to your end goal, Mm -hmm. I mean, not that there should be like a specific, super specific end goal, but you kind of see yourself like, so me doing video. I kind of see myself going towards a direction in that. And so if things aren't really leading there, if it's just a one-off project and you know what that is yeah, and it's just not going to go anywhere and you have the, the safety net of a consistent amount of money coming in, then yeah, say no. Yeah. It's just easy as that, but yeah. it's so hard to learn that. Yeah. It is. Prince and I just talking about that this morning. Well, we're still learning, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, was it, I think it was last year. Did we, um, I won't say the brand, but did we take on that food job last year? Was that 2020? That was 2019. Yes. So 2019, we didn't take on any of those jobs in 2020, luckily. But 2019, we took on a some branding and strategy and content for a food company because it was uh, a friend and it was a great company. But at the end of the day, it just – we don't – deal in food like we just that's just not our space that we planned it didn't build towards anything it's almost like this brick does it if the brick doesn't fit your house it's not you know then it it belongs somewhere else it's not a good building block Mm -hmm. for what you're creating and it's nice too because you can still give good insight for those people especially if it's like a a close friend you don't just have to say absolutely no right (laughs) you can say oh like i just don't see this benefiting us in the future because I don't see myself going in that direction. But I do know this person who works really well in this area and I'd love to connect you guys. You can still leave that on a good note. And well, I think our challenge here at AOV sometimes is that we're very passionate about helping people. So although we may not be passionate about the space that they're in, we're su- like we're, we'll we're try we're, to get passionate about right, it. and we're and we're great problem solvers. So yeah. we enjoy the the challenge of solving a problem, and most of all, we're very passionate and we want to help people. You know better you know we want to help people succeed in whatever they do and i think that's a that's a that's a very good trait but i also think it's a dangerous trait you have to it takes that 
going back to discernment. It takes that discernment to be able to decide what should you really take on? What should you say yes to? And what should you say no to? And, you know, even on a personal level, I've realized like this year, like this is probably the first year in my life, or I should say the last few, I'd say like the last three, four months in my life where I've just started saying no, like yeah. flat out no to, to most things. People say things and it, and it has nothing to do with them. It's just like, I am at a point where I don't need to do anything that I don't enjoy doing. There's, it makes no sense for me to do anything because it, it, it takes me out of alignment. When I'm doing things that I don't enjoy, it takes me out of alignment and creates tension in my life. So why, you know, that's one of the things I cut out from my goal was do less of things that I don't enjoy, period. I don't need to do things that I don't enjoy. So why do them? So you just cut them out. And so I also think it's okay to just say no. If you're not yeah. feeling it, you're not vibing with it. Yeah. Just say no. Well, back to the relationship thing you were talking about like with clients, how it is like a relationship. If someone comes to you and it doesn't make sense for you, then chances are it doesn't make sense for them either. Yep. So you don't have to leave because that's where I always fall short is I'm like, I need to help them. Like I got to figure some way that I can, that I can help them or else no one will. Well, if you, by you just saying yes, it's basically blocking someone else having the opportunity to help them in solving that problem yeah. and build that relationship to where it's in a sense just thinking that only I'm going to be able to solve this problem for them so I'll just do it and then you do it with like this weird attitude and it's just right. not healthy you're not doing anyone around. a favor yeah. by like doing something you're not passionate about yeah. like there's somebody who is someone passionate will step about up, it. and so maybe, don't take that up yeah, opportunity from them. Yep. Maybe someone's just passionate about the paycheck too, but like, that's okay. Let them do it. Yeah, I love that, DJ. Real quick though, you said something that I thought was just very beautiful. You you started off with get the ba- secure the bag first. Yeah. So I I got a I got a sound bite. Hello, gang. So it keeps coming up. How do I get my bag? Everyone keeps asking. Come As you can see, I move like Bezos when we're talking money. You really think I'm out here paying attention in my Zoom lectures? I'm fucking not. You best believe I'm getting the bag. <laughs> he got the bag, but he lost his shirt. Yo, he got the bag, bro. It's his popcorn ceiling. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah exactly. If your ceiling looks like this. Yeah. <laughs> so the last question that I think we should discuss today real quick is how to price your worth and why payment for a post is not the only cost to account for in a partnership. I think we can briefly touch on this. I don't think we need to go too, too deep in this, but a lot of brands, I shouldn't say brands. I think it's the creatives, the way they're pricing themselves. They're they're pricing the value of the post, but they're not also thinking about your skill. So like your skill and how long you, it, it may have taken you 10 years to acquire what knowledge you have to create what you create. And there's a price to that. And then there's a price to the process and you're sending an end result you know, you're selling a product at the end result for a certain price. And so I think you have to account for all the steps within the production of that product and not just the post itself. The post is just a piece of what that costs. And so I think you could break out your costs. Like if you're going to charge a brand for something, maybe you put down, you know, $1,500 for the post, $1,000 for the photo, 500 bucks for the editing and another $1,000 for my likeness to talk about this on stories. And you can come up with more coherent price. And you don't necessarily have to break that up for them. You can break that up for them if you'd like, but you could just let them know, like, my post costs 4500 bucks, and you know what that entails. Yeah. 
That's what DJs cost. Yeah. I don't even get out of bed for less than three G's. Honestly, <laughs> like my micro influencer fees are pretty locked in. I haven't had any brand deals this year. That's the content of like the future really, is micro influencer. I'm working on it. It is right? the war. I'm just trying to, it's, it's it's nano. Yeah. Influence. I'm a nano a influencer. Nano. <laughs> I'm just trying to get my feed right and then I'll I'm gonna start doing brand deals again. Um <laughs> He needs more blue in his feet. Yeah, I'm just working on all of that. You know, it's just, it's a process. Yes, right? yes, for sure. No, I have no, I have absolutely no desire to get paid for posting things. But I will say like on the pricing side of, on the pricing side of things, I think that it has to make sense for the brand that you're working with. Like, and I think that it pricing is always a conversation and you just need to be like, you can't be afraid to talk about money. If this is what you're using to pay your bills, to feed your family, to do your thing, don't be afraid of it. Like money is just money. It's literally yeah. a value exchange for what you're doing. You've worked hard to build a platform. This brand has worked hard to make money. And so it's like, okay, what is the value exchange here? And like coming to that number or whatever is literally just a conversation. And you can be like, here's where I start. Does this work for you? I'm willing to to budge a little bit on this. Like, where does it go? But you just, I don't think we should be afraid to talk about money because it's literally, it's it's just money. Facts. You got to be able to express that value too, I think. Yeah, yeah for sure. If you're going to tell a brand that your post is eight grand. Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why, why are you worth 8,000? Because from an investment perspective, they're looking at an ROI. So they're going to want, they're going to want 24, 32 grand yep. in ROI if they're going to, yep. if they're going to if they're going to throw eight grand at you and how do you justify that? How do you justify and express that value and communicate that? And if you can't, then you should probably charge less. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Like if you can't, if you literally can't be like, here's where this value lives, then just charge less and find what works for you. Find what works for the brand, shake hands on it and then follow through with what you say. It's super. I feel like it's super. I feel like so many people get hung up on pricing, but it, it really is. Like if you're just okay with talking about money, like they understand the value. So they have no problem paying you. They're not like getting weird when it actually comes time to like write the check. They're not like, Ooh, maybe this is a bad idea. <laughs> if you like express your value, a brand's like, cool, we got it. Here's the check. You just do what you say you're going to do. And you'll have no problem getting more work just like that. It's just like, have the conversation. It is a little bit hard the first couple times you do it, but once you do it, it's, it's, it's easy. I think you can create more value too with the posts. Like rather than just say doing the posts and the content, maybe you do the posts and the content. Since you're already creating this content, let the brand know like, hey, I'll also, you know, do I'll also add five photos for your guys's, you know, social media use and a 15 second edit. You can add, you know, you can add things that that are that they deem more valuable because you got to realize brands everywhere are, are paying for content, but you also have to understand they're not they have in-house people making like day-to-day content and just for like day-to-day posting, like brands would be broke if they're dropping eight, you know, eight racks of posts for their social media posts. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And so I think there's ways to, to add value. Yeah. Like you were saying though, like you have to understand that they do need a return. They're making it. Marketing is an investment. They're making an investment and they do need a return. And if you don't understand that, as like an influencer or even as a creative, like coming in to do work for a brand, coming in to do a photo shoot, like they have to make money back on what you're doing for them. And if the value's not there, like you shouldn't get your feelings hurt. It's just the value's not there. So either provide more value or go find someone else to work for. Like it's really, right. it's really simple, but you should be, like 
be thinking that way of like, okay, I'm going to make this for them. And it, there's going to be four X returns because it's going to increase this or it's going to increase that. Or maybe you're thinking about like, okay, their target demographic is this. So when we're creating these, I'm going to pick these models because X, Y, Z, like you're thinking about value creation and what's going to work for the brand and not just like, how do I get paid? How do I get paid eight G's for a post? Like right. it's, it, it's not like that. Like the well, brand isn't thinking about you and what you want and what fits in your feed and, and blah, blah, blah. They're like, Where's the return for us? Well, those those days are gone too. I think there was like let's be real, there was a wild wild west of the of the social media sphere when influencers were getting savage money. They like I racks. mean, you it didn't matter. I mean, you had a couple hundred thousand followers. You're getting ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a post. No one knows what the value is. It's the hot thing, and and everyone's buying it. The wild west. But but now. People want to see results. You yeah. know, brands have they have they have data now. They yeah. have metrics, and they understand that hey, you may think your post is worth eight grand, but based on your engagement rate, based on your number of followers, we're calculating this off a of CPM, and your post is actually worth thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah. And so that's what we're paying you, unless you can explain some other form of value. And if you don't really have influence, a lot of people call themselves influencers, but if you don't really have influence to help push people into a certain direction to get them to actually follow through and take action off your posts, then you got to realize you're just a, you're a glorified, just attention platform, yeah, for you sure. know, but if you can actually get people to click through and you can show a brand that you can send 3,800 clicks to their product page or something like that, then you increase your product because you're speaking in their terms. That's a click through rate yeah. and they pay brands pay for that. So now you can just speak to them in marketing lingo and be like, Hey, I can, not only am I going to get you, 1 million impressions. We're also going to send you, you know, we'll convert 3% of that traffic into clicks and they pay different rates for all these different things. And now they see you as a professional. Now you're expressing your value. Now you guys are all speaking on the same language and they're more happy. You know, they're more likely to pay you what you're worth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dope. This week we're chatting about, what DJ? <laughs> I was gonna say, what are you listening to? <laughs> These are just like my stream of consciousness notes. Um, so this week we're talking about where we see the future of content, the type of content we're consuming now, but also what we see succeeding in the future. Cool. You want to start us off? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was like, I don't know if that's a question. And <laughs> go. Yeah. So just right off the bat, like, what sort of content are you guys consuming? Like Prince, like, what are you, what are you consuming on the daily? Um, I think that's tough. I, so I read books a lot. I listen to more audio content. I, I, I rarely find myself just like looking at photos and things on Instagram. I listen to, yeah, podcasts and I was, I was spending a little bit of time on Clubhouse, but I, I've also found that I've, I started spending less time on Clubhouse as well, just because I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge consumer. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a huge consumer. And gotcha. so I'm, I'm very naturally, I'm just, I don't have a high consumption rate. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm consuming a lot of content these days. Still? <laughs> Still. Yeah. But it's like, I, I'm kind of adjusting like what I'm doing, but pod- podcasting wise, like I listen to a pretty decent amount of podcasts like per day. And I try and like mix it up. I'll have like a inter- something that's entertaining, something that's teaching me something, and he then goes on his snacks daily. Snacks daily every Shouts day. Out. Shout out snacks daily. 
um no like stuff like yeah like financial stuff it's like kind of like a mix of i i guess it's just like stuff that i'm interested in but i do find like if you're looking at overall like a split throughout the day if it's like visual or like audio i do feel like audio is more like what i lean to and i think it's because it's it's less active like i don't have to have my phone in my hand i can be like making breakfast or like you know getting getting my son ready for school or whatever and listening to that's what i do i throw on snacks daily like first thing when i wake up so i can just be like okay here's what's happening in the business world i can be informed but it's not like i'm having to like read a report or anything like that right i subscribe to the hustle newsletter and then i pay for hustle trends and I like, I guess the type of content that I do like is highly curated content. So I don't mm-hmm. want to go browse the news and I don't want to go find all the stories and I don't want to shift through like what's going on. But I love the hustle and hustle trends because they basically take like the cream of the crop of what's happening in the business world and, and marketing and advertising and all that stuff. And they place it in one highly curated newsletter with like really good information. They kind of break everything down. They don't just share the articles they like paraphrase and rewrite and they give their spin and they have like a really interesting spin. And so I think that type of content is, is huge. I think email, I think private email newsletters is, is going to become more of a thing, especially well curated emails. I think email still works. People still like email and engage with email, but it's all about curated email with, with value driven content and not just like, here's a bunch of stuff for you to click on. Yeah. No, I, I hear you on that. I, I'm, I'm really curious about younger people. Like if they, I know for me personally, there's not an email that I get ever that I'm excited about or happy about. Literally email is the bane of my existence. And like, I think maybe because I've signed up for so many things over the course of my life that I'm like, can't unsubscribe from all of them fast enough. But there's like no, there's never, and I don't, I don't, I feel like there hasn't been a time, maybe one email that I'm like, okay, I'm excited to get this like frequently, but I'm curious for like younger generations, if that's a thing, like if email is a thing, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I'm 31, so I don't know. But, <laughs> We're uh, all old. Uh, v, what about you? Oh, what, what kind of content are I'm you? I'm the young whippersnapper but, but, here. Hold on, but, hold on, but what is, hold on. Let me ask you this. So why does it matter? Why, like, why'd you bring up young people? Like the reality is newsletters are booming, yeah. whether young people are listening or not. So I guess what is that? Who's that? What does that have to do with anything? I feel like email is the future. E- email is working now, but in five years, is that going to be the case when they, when mm. younger people shift into the category where they're purchasing thing? Like, is that where if, if a brand or, you know, a marketer or whatever was like, okay, where do we put all our focus right now thinking for the future? Like is email the future still? I don't know. They're going to be like, no, let's follow what Dunkin' Donuts did run to TikTok. <laughs> Charlie D'Amelio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know. That's going to be interesting. So, if we're if we're chatting, I thought we were just talking twenty twenty one. But if we're talking five years, I guess what is the future? Are we talking a year, five, ten? The 10? future is the future. <laughs> it is what you want it to be. Because I can take it to twenty fifty and be like, yeah, this is you know, emails dead, social yeah, media. Yeah, you're not going to need an email when you're hiding out in a bunker with your guns. <laughs> you're like, oh, let me check the hustle real quick. <laughs> um. I don't know. I'm just thinking like just, just future, but I, I don't know. That's always something that I'm super curious about. Cause like, I don't curation in general. So it's, yeah. it's not, so it, I think you, you triggered in on email, but the, the, the point wasn't email. It was cur- highly curated content. 
And so whether that's podcasts, whether that's articles, whether that's imagery, whether that's music, like I don't want to go on Spotify and search on Spotify. I don't have eight hours to try to find new music. Yeah. I want to go to a well-curated playlist with someone that has good style that I dig, and I want to find new music through their curation. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love the hunt. Like, even when it comes to, like, buying clothes and stuff like that, it's like, I'll go to a thrift store and just, like, dig through the stuff. Or even, like, same same thing with music. Like, I love just discovering new artists and, like, listening. I, like, there might be some just trash songs that I have to listen to, but I'm like, right. if I find that little gem, I'm like, You are really sweet. good. You're really good at that. Oh, thanks. See, I think... King of playlists. I think going through curation is the same way. It's not like curation, everything's great, but... I, I personally value my, my time's valuable. Yeah. So I, I can't just be driving around thrift store to thrift store and just hanging out searching music because there really is a cost of my time and I value my time. And there's a lot of things that I need to accomplish in a day. And I also, outside of work, I have friends that matter to me and, and friends and family and loved ones that I want to spend time with. And I'd rather not spend my time doing all that stuff. So that's, I think personally why I like the curation side of things. Uh, but to each his own, like my buddy Nick loves, like he's the guy who buys DVDs. He won't, and he won't buy the DVD off of like Amazon. He's going to go to the thrift store and he's going to keep yeah. going to thrift stores until he finds that DVD. But he and I value different things, Yeah, you know? Well, and it's funny because DJ connects with people through doing those things. Yeah. That's like right. doing the playlists and stuff like you'll send. Yeah. So it's just funny how yep. you guys can do it two completely different ways, but good uh what are you what are you consuming v <laughs> oh you know just like really really insightful stuff true crime people i'm yeah. addicted to true crime i'll admit it <laughs> okay i want to understand that can you unpack like I, the why is it a woman thing maybe because i know my fiance really loves it. Really every it. every girl i know is like i love i don't know what it is it's fascinating to me to get into a story and just to see how wild the human brain can be like why were they so hurt or distraught to do something like that um obviously there's so many different types of true crime but yeah i get so into it i love it when there's a series and i can go on a road trip and get really into something um but just on the everyday if i'm you know needing to dive into a story like i usually pop on a dateline it's not too bad does it does it like make you scared like day to day like are you always looking over your shoulder like thinking someone's (laughs) trying to murder you no i think it makes things realistic like oh this stuff like this does happen it could happen and so it just makes me a little bit more aware but i'm not like scared at night like i listen to it a lot at night interesting like if i can't fall asleep i'll even if my like if i have my phone on airplane mode or whatever um like i'll turn my phone back on because you know i do the hour thing yeah turn my phone back on and just to get into a story to almost like dream about it yeah, like I'll like brute. download an episode, throw it on airplane mode, and just start listening to it. And you just want to dream like, about about like a brutal murder, or like <laughs> I don't. I I wish I could defend myself better. No, yes, I'm not even I asking do. you to defend yourself. I, I just like want to understand. I don't even understand. Yeah, I think I've just always been fascinated with that stuff. I think that's amazing. Get it. <laughs> Is it it's, really? It's not. It's not, it's not my thing, but. He's like into Tia, more like Tia, Tia, dude, Tia loves it too. I listen to Supernatural, which is yeah. which is the same thing, but in a different realm. It's like UFO sightings and like 
weird, weird yeah. stuff, which I find, which is the same thing. It's just, it's fascinating how these things, you know, are they real? Or, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, we don't know. It's undecided whether it's real or not. Sometimes it's like, oh, it actually found out that the military was running XYZ. Like one of the episodes, the military tricked some guy into thinking it was a UFO operation because they didn't want him to know what he's doing. And then they started testing things on him. They ended up going crazy. And so the guy retires from the, from the Air Force and tells the dude because he felt so bad. He ruined this guy's life. He's like, hey, I have something to tell you. Like, we convinced you that you were seeing UFOs, but you weren't. You were just seeing a project that we were working on. Yeah. And like, I feel really guilty and I have a hard time sleeping at night because yeah. we drove a person crazy and, yeah. and that was just okay. I need to have some hard conversations with my FBI guy because like, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> they're really sending me some curveballs, you know, lately. <laughs> For sure. I yeah. I, I think it just all boils down to like what type of person you want to be when you're sitting sure. around a campfire. Yeah. You want to be like I want to be a wild storyteller. Yeah. So I have to hear a lot of wild stories. Yeah. You know good campfire stories for sure. <laughs> That's really all it boils down to. Yeah. I think too for me like life like I'm a pretty logical grounded person but I also have a huge imagination and I, I love I love listening to crazy stuff like listening to crazy things is it's fun it's exciting and it gets me out of like my whole life is business and 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 and, and create it's all these very like constructive type things and so the lot like and no offense like I'm 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 decent at what I do I do well enough I don't need to consume a bunch of business podcasts I don't need I don't need to be consuming business all like I play in the arena that's like me playing football and then going and all I do is consume football and watch football shows it's like bro I don't need to watch football I I'm a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers yeah. or whatever it may be I think I and think so, like you see that in like hip hop or other like genres too a lot if all you do is listen to hip hop like you're not gonna have an original idea. Facts. Like it, it, you see, like true artists, they're like listening to jazz or they're listening to metal, and they bend genres exactly. And I like people that bend reality. Yeah. I like to bend reality. I was talking with Jeff this morning about that, and I was talking about how I don't really like business people. I don't like analytical. There's like there's different types of business people within business people. I don't like the guys that are like the Tim Ferriss efficiency guys that are just like all about numbers and hacking your way to like this perfect, just perfect running machine that's just like zeros and ones, zeros and ones everything's on point. Yeah. That's not my, those aren't my people. I like people that bend reality and that are thinking about, you know, what could a whole entire new political system look like rather than trying to like fix the system with, we should do this. Like thinking in, in, in today's terms of ideas, I like people that are literally bending reality and like Elon Musk bends reality. And is like, I'm just going to create a new, a whole new segment, yeah. a whole new futuristic look on this thing. Um, and I find content that bends reality, people that bend reality, things in that subject matter. Like that's my jam. Bending yeah. reality. I love that. <laughs> so I just listen to like Hollywood, just like trash gossip because I love the tea. <laughs> like literally like one of my podcasts is like views for, with like David Dobrik and it's just him literally talking about like TikTok and gossip and like Hollywood things. And I don't know, like it's not my life. I didn't realize that's what his podcast was about. Yeah. It's just about like, like Hollywood stuff and like what they, they're, they're YouTubers. And so it's like stuff that they create on YouTube, but I just find it like fat, like kind of probably the same way that you find true crime stuff fascinating. I'm like, <laughs> that's not necessarily my world. Like I kind of border a on the lighter world. than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little lighter, but I just love the tea. I don't know what it is. I like want to know what's going on. I, I think that's how I stay informed. But again, it's like not my life, but it's just, I just find it interesting. Also, 
like I'll listen to, you know, business stuff or whatever to, to, to stay like educated and to sound smart. But I feel like I don't really watch TV. And so that's like my entertainment is like seeing these people's real lives that are just like stranger than fiction. <laughs> like right. the fact that like someone like David Dobrik could like he as big as he is. He has millions of people watching his every move. And, like, he gets these insane, just, like, million-dollar... Like, just the other day, like, Snapchat is doing this, like, contest where they're giving away, a mil, like, a million dollars every day to, like, content creators. And he's already famous, already super wealthy, and he just, like, throws a few videos on the Snapchat, and he, like, makes another $2 million. And he's just, like, talking about it. He's like, it's so crazy. No one knows about this. Like, I just made another $2 million. Or, like, he talked about, like tesla stock he's like oh yeah i put 10 million dollars on tesla stock like a while ago and he's like freaked out and i pulled it out but he's like that whatever would have been 13 something and i'm just like this is crazy like the the amount of money and like the way that these brand deals are working out and like all this stuff for him it's like it, it it's not reality for 99.9 percent of people right. but for them this is just like the life that they live and and it's just it's wild that's a, that is wild it's always interesting too. We always gravitate like money is like a very large metric, especially in it's, it's a United States metric. I would say like money's a huge thing in, in Western civilization in general, but everyone's always like, Oh my gosh, like, yo, check it. That's that guy. You know, he's worth a hundred mil or he makes freaking 10 million a year, whatever it may be, which is like, okay, cool. I guess if that's what you value, but it's like, how, how happy are they? And I'm not saying that everyone that makes $10 million, $100 million a year isn't happy. I'm sure there's, you know, people that are rich as F and super happy. Yeah. You know, and that's the goal, right, is to be abundant and happy. But I also think a lot of these, like, we we idolize a lot of these people that I genuinely don't really think they're worth idolizing. Like, what, like is it is it just the idolizing of money or is it, like, the person? Because, like, the person's not... I mean, like, what did you say? You said this a few weeks ago. You're like, how do you measure your wealth? Like, what is wealth to you? Right. Yeah. What's your metric? What's yeah. your there? You go. What's your perspective what it on that? Down to. Well, yeah. I mean, I think being like, but it course. is it is it is interesting to t- to take your to, to just be like I'm seeing that reality of of throwing tens, hundreds of millions of dollars around and just being like, I, that's that's wild. I don't even know what that's like. That's yeah. just interesting. Yeah. Well, and for him, like David Dobrik specifically, like he knew from a young age, like he was like famous on Vine and stuff, but this is what he always wanted to do. When people be like, what do you want to do when you grow up? He was like, I want to be a famous like Viner or YouTuber. Like he just always knew and that was just like in his head. So I feel like this is what he was supposed to do or he's like living his purpose or whatever. But it's interesting to see how you throw all of that money and fame and all of these things at all these different people and how they react and respond to the and, and some people get real weird and like people go crazy which is totally understandable like the like immediately having all of this attention like all eyes on you it's like what would you do in that scenario like are you ready for it and i think it, it magnifies the same way that like alcohol like magnifies your personality in certain ways like money does the same thing and it's like what's inside or your ego yeah your ego <laughs> exactly what's inside starts to come out i think yeah, the, the happiness thing, too, is is interesting because a lot of people, like, we, we judge things based off our perception, but perception isn't always reality. So if someone can get off, like, a lot of people in recent history that have committed suicide, like, I watched something on Chester from Linkin Park, the lead singer, his wife had put up a video, and she's like, just so you guys know, this is what depression looks like. 
and it was like three hours before he committed suicide. And he was like sitting at a table laughing with his daughter and just like, dude, look completely normal. And I can relate. I had a friend in, in college that blew his head off at a party of ours. And he was the most outgoing, happy, go lucky. He's a guy you would have never ex- expected this. And so it's it's interesting that we live in this this world of like these warped realities to where, you know, you don't really know what's going on. Yeah. With with people, whether they have money or don't have money, whether they look happy, you know, even people that look happy oftentimes aren't happy. Yeah. You know, and, and so I I guess the point is it's or the takeaway is like checking in, like yeah. really like connecting with people and, and, and checking in with people during this time. Yeah. Well, and I think one, one of my favorite questions to ask people um, is how's your heart? Because it's like. It's a hard, like, it, it catches people off guard a That's lot a of times. That's a good time. question. We'll just be, like, talking and, like, you know, there's, like, a lull in the conversation. I'm like, hey, how's your heart? And I think that, like, it, it forces people to respond kind of honestly because you just catch them off guard. But I think that that, if we're talking, like, even just, like, things that are going to be realized more just because of the way that this past year was and the way that everything was just kind of crazy, like, the, it, it's going to push a lot of those things to the surface. And I think, like, anxiety, depression all of these things, I really feel like we need to like normalize talking about them because so many people deal with them, even people that you look at them and you're like, oh, this person's perfect. But like to talk about how like everyone has off days, everyone has stuff that they're dealing with, but just to be like really open and being okay with like leading with that stuff. I think it makes it, it makes it easier for somebody who's really going through it to, to like talk about it. And I think a lot of like a lot of suicide, a lot of these things like could be prevented by just having like these open and honest conversations. And I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they were talking about like suicide and they're like, I don't look at that as like necessarily like a choice that that person made all the time. They were like, I see that just like a cancer survivor, like the cancer wins. And they're like, I look at like someone killing themselves as almost like the mental illness one, like the disease Mm -hmm. one. And so like just being more, cause there's people like, you look at like a community and there's always going to be people that are suffering with stuff like that. And so it's like, if we can learn how to like have the exchanges and like get people to help ahead of time, then it just, I feel like that's, what's going to, I don't know, just, I feel like that's going to be a lot more normal talking about those things. Like in the future, as we learn more and more about people that that stuff that was kind of taboo, getting counseling, like all of these things is going to be like, how do you help normalized. ahead of time though? I mean, just knowing when I feel like when people are suffering with mental illness, they start to like isolate themselves and they start to like cut people off and they're like building walls and stuff like that. And just knowing that somebody is going into that like kind of zone and like understanding, checking in on people, like that's the start. I'm not saying that's like what's going to fix it, but I think that that is seeing that isolation start to happen is like the, the start of that kind of path. I think it's tough. I think, I agree to disagree. I yeah. feel like that that's one way, but I think a lot of people that are going through mental illness too, like sit amongst you, you yeah. know, and you have, and we never know because they have like, they go home and deal with it, yeah. but then they have to go out in the public and they put on like, they put on the mask. It's like, cool. Like wash my face, look in the mirror and it's like slap myself. And it's like, all right, here we go. Boom. Throw the on the mask. And it's like, what's up guys? Good morning. How's everyone <laughs> doing? Up, yeah. Life's great. You know, all yeah. this, you know, all this stuff. And so I think is like, as a, as a, as a culture, like it's just being more, just more grounded, more down to earth, more real with each other. Like, yeah, like what's up V how you doing today? Yeah. Like 
how are your relationships? How's your health? How are you feeling? Everything good, etc. Like rather than, you know, when I was young, I used to go out and party with people and we were just a bunch of brutes. We were just lifting weights and getting drunk. And we didn't really, like, I look back at these conversations I yeah. had with my, like, just friends. And I'm just like, we didn't talk about anything. Yeah. Like, we didn't talk about anything. Like, we literally just went out and we spent so much time together. And I really don't, like... Know them. Like, we don't, like, yeah, like, they don't even know me. Yeah. Like, they think they know me, but they really do not know me at all. And vice versa. And it's such a weird a weird thing. And I feel so grateful for the relationships that I do have, like with you guys and other friends where I have very deep relationships where I very much so know the people and we can talk about those things. Like we can openly, it's, it's not weird to just be like, bro, I freaking cried last night. Yeah. And they're not like, no one's laughing. It's just like, yo, what happened? Yeah. And you can just be real and just be like, yo, I had this crazy thought of, you know, X, Y, Z and it caused this and brought up some old stuff and I'm glad I got to deal with it or whatever it may be, yeah. you know? And so I think going into 2021, going into this year, into the future in general, I think we just got to be be more real, just like with each other in yep. general. Yep. My my canned response for when people ask me how I'm doing is like, I just say like living the dream. People are like, how are you doing? And I'm like, you know, living the dream every day. Like, and I think breaking that cycle of like getting away from that, but also just like. Because most people, I think you say that too, because you realize you don't think that the people asking don't really care. It's just yeah. like, it's just, it's, it's, it's noise. It's a nice They're just, they're yeah. just filling, mm-hmm. hey, nice day out, huh? Yep. Yeah. Very nice day. How you doing? Good. You? Good. Good. Yeah. Good. All cool. right. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think getting away from conversations like that and just finding ways to be real, like in everyday life. I think whether that's like sharing about it on social or just being real like in person like i might not be like an actual influencer but like i like to think that i'm like an offline influencer you know (laughs) (laughs) i think that's that's what real influence is like real influence is is making people feel good like real influence is like what do people feel like when you're when you're gone yeah when you walk away they're just like oh wow i'm really happy i ran into viera like that was awesome she like made my day or she made me laugh or that was just enjoyable to be with her in her presence or are they just like, oh, like, I don't, yeah, next time, avoid, avoid her. Avoid, <laughs> avoid this that was, a, that was a weird interaction. No, I think it's like a safety thing. She's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. No, it's like safety. It's like people need to feel safe enough to bring whatever their, their stuff is to the table. And like, I want to be somebody who's like, I want people to feel safe, like sharing things with me. And not like, you know, run their name through the mud or like judge them for it or whatever. There's like, there's like a way that you handle conversations like that, I feel like. And I think going forward, like, I think we all should get better at that. Cause I do think there's a lot of people like this was just a weird year, lots of isolation, lots of self-reflection, like lots of that stuff. And if you don't know how to handle that or you don't know how to like spot those signs in people, it's like, I think we all just need to get better at like managing that and understanding that. And I... I really do think it's going to be a bigger part of conversations like as we go forward, just because like, I feel like on every level, everyone has experienced some of that this year, like whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's other things like this crazy time, like shifted a lot of these things to the surface. And so like learning how to talk about it or make people feel comfortable about it or just to be like, I'm feeling weird. I might need to go get counseling. Like I'm feeling a little bubbly inside. Yeah. <laughs> something's yeah. coming up. And which side of the conversation? Like if you're going up to someone, you can see maybe something's going on and 
like think of yourself as like, okay, I'm going to be the receiver in this conversation. I'm going to talk to them and see how they're doing and not always follow up with like a response yeah. of like, oh, well, that happened to me or I know exactly how you feel because I went through that. Like, yeah. but just listening to them and being there for them so they feel more just comfortable talking with you about those things. Or you might be on the other side of the conversation where you just need to talk about what you're going through. Um, but kind of going into conversations knowing which side 100%. you're on um, and not always comparing and trying to. Yeah. I've had to work on that as a guy because as soon as I hear someone talking about problems, like my brain is already like, all right, here's like the three steps we need to take to fix this and like blah, 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 blah. And my, I'm just like, it's like Tetris in my brain. But like sometimes you just need to listen like mm-hmm. and I'm I'm working. That's something I'm working on because I know that that's really important. Sometimes you just need to like if you're going through stuff, sometimes you just need to unload it on somebody and like they help carry that weight for you. But just the the act of talking about it like helps you start to feel better. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I can definitely relate to that as well, DJ. I'm a fixer. Yeah. I think we're, we're 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 analysts, personality types. And so we like to we don't necessarily like to focus on the problem. We're just like, let's, there's ways to fix this thing, which I think is admirable. But at the same time, it's like, I've realized personally, sometimes people are just like, I don't want you to fix anything. I just want you to shut the hell up and listen to me, tell you why I'm sad or what I'm going through. And that's all I want. And so, you know, I've been working on lately is holding space for people. It's just being able to, to be there, to let them communicate, to let them share and, and, and not only receive, but also be there to, to, to use my energy and, and love to help energize, to feed them, to like nourish them at the same time in this like weird ex- exchange. And the nourishment isn't even necessarily like verbal. It's just like an energetic nourishment to where it's like, okay, like they feel better now. Like, cool. Like I'm, I'm happy. I got to connect with them. They got to express themselves. And oftentimes I've realized that I even get things back without needing, like, I don't need anything back, but I get something back because I get a text message or when they're done, they're just like, wow, thank you. I really needed that, man. I needed that hug. And I really like, oh, I feel good. I feel energized now. I feel so much better just like getting like that off. It's like and, a weight and then that, that You feel that. And then you, that appreciation of that feeds you, you yeah. know? And so by helping others and by holding space, we also can really help ourselves and we learn a lot. I realize that I'm learning so much more about myself and things that I need to work on or things that I have worked on or whatever it may be through holding space and connecting with more people. I think that's the, that's the beauty of the human experience is that we actually need each other. Like we actually need other people like to, to unload things on and, and like that whole aspect of community that's been like missing that goes to the next thing, bro. Less consumption, more discussion. And I think that ties in perfectly with what you were just saying. Is yeah. like we need each other. We need to communicate. And I think when we when we spend more time consuming, we we're we're, we're literally cutting the cord between each other. Yeah. The more we consume, the more disconnected we are, and the more that we can discuss and create, the more connected we are. And so you know, even though I said I've been taking a step back from uh, Clubhouse, not that I was ever on there a ton anyways, but... Uh, <laughs> it's like still in the beta phase. Yeah, that, I'm taking a step back. <laughs> I have weird consumption habits. I mean, I'm also 31 and I haven't had a television in a decade. Yeah. And so I've just always had weird consumption habits. But nonetheless, I think like Clubhouse is really cool because of it's a collaborative conversation. So rather than it being like... 
a centralized source of information, like you're coming to my channel and you're going to hear Prince's perspective, you get to come to the clubhouse and hear Prince and Joe and Charlene and Rachel and Ashley and whoever else is communicating. And I think it really opens up the discussion and it allows people to collaborate, kind of like we were talking with the politics earlier. A lot of people are stuck in a vacuum on left or stuck in a vacuum on the right, where on Clubhouse, or they're listening to someone speaking on this YouTube channel. go more into that? Because I think it might be confusing because this is Creator Clubhouse podcast and then we keep bringing up clubhouse <laughs> okay. for people who maybe haven't been invited to the app right you want to kind of go into that yeah so so clubhouse is basically just like an audio app it's like basically tuning into a three-way call eight-way call 16-way call when you can like imagine hitting a number or raising your hand you can ask questions but you can listen to thought leaders share ideas and, and have discussions and so some of the discussions that are going on are you know what's happening in politics and i'm seeing you know i'm seeing People on the right and people on the left, people in Black Lives Matters, people in this group, that group, all in the same room having these discussions. Do they get heated and intense sometimes? For sure. They absolutely do. It, it can be a little uncomfortable sometimes. But nonetheless, like it's important for people to have open debate, to have conversation and to communicate. Because when you're just festering in your own head and you're just listening and consuming, consuming – all you're doing is, like I said, you're disconnecting yourself from people. But when you're communicating, whether you're communicating on on things you agree on or disagree, just in communicating builds more connection. It builds For more sure. understanding. It builds between, empathy. Exactly. Between both people. Yeah. I agree. I think that a lot of the way that I've shaped even my own like political beliefs or my own life beliefs have been through, it's not necessarily conflict, but it's like conversations where it's like somebody that I don't agree with. And you like lay you lay your arguments or whatever out on the table respectfully, hopefully, and you kind of examine them from both sides and you see someone else's perspective and it like it requires empathy to do that. But I think that's how we should shape like what we believe. When you're just it's 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 like taking the easy way out, just listening to what you're told or listening to what you see on the news or listening to XYZ. It's like that's the easy way out and to shape your whole worldview and perspective off of that. It's like a little bit too easy and to where you actually have conversations where you actually have empathy and you're like, okay, what do you believe? Here's what I believe. And like, why do you believe that? Like what, what's your basis behind that? And when people Mm -hmm. can actually have those discussions, like I've changed my mind on issues that I was like really set on before. Like I've legitimately like sat down, had a conversation with somebody who can be respectful and I'm like, cool. Like you actually changed my mind. And I feel like that's so much more effective than like a Facebook post or like a rant about (laughs) this or like whatever, just to sit down and have a conversation. Anytime that I've like opened myself up to that and been like, I'm going to take a stance on this. I'm also, I always follow it up with like, if anyone wants to talk about this, like I want to hear your perspective. I really want to know like what you understand and not because I'm going to make fun of you, but because I want to know. And that, that helps me shape my, shape my own worldview. Yeah. I love that. I think if you're not having conversations, then you're always right. Like if you're just consuming left wing or right wing Twitter and you're only following those types of like you're just right all the time about everything. And you're not if you're not having a discussion, then you never get to think outside of, of the box. Right. And I think that's I think that's why I love and I think that's the same reason why you love to come with me. When we go down to the cigar shop on yeah. Fridays, they is, never invite me. They <laughs> never have invited me. Being at the cigar shop is like being in a, it's like real life clubhouse. Yeah. It's like a bunch of random people, yeah. business people, farmers, tech, 
you name it. Lots of different opinions. With widely vasping different opinions, and we just get to have open conversation. Yep. And and it's not, people don't, people aren't, you can't walk over anyone there. Like, no yep. one, people are very, have no problem stating their opinions yep. and challenging you. And so it's a really nice place to be able to go and conversate and, and, and basically sand, sand your ideas and sand things down. And you may go in there a rigid rock thinking, this is what this is. And then you may leave much more polished and, and, and you've, you, you've sanded some of these jagged edges and you yeah. have a different perspective uh, on whatever it is you may be talking about. And I think that's really important, especially during this day and age, because we see what happens when people don't communicate. Yeah. So 2021, let's see what happens when people do communicate more communication, less consumption, more discussion. Yeah. Less, more communication, less hesitation. Yeah. <laughs> What else can we come up with? <laughs> no, I I agree. I like I personally I'm a debater too, so maybe that's just like a that personality. That is his personality flaw. type. Is. No, isn't it? He's yeah, it is. Debater. No, he's, yeah, he's What's the, yours? Architect. Yeah. What's mine? You're the campaigner, the campaigner, the architect, and the debater. We are three very different people. Vastly different. Which is so fun. Yeah, but I I like having my like ideas i like having stuff challenged because to me that either helps me like form what i think and what i believe or it makes it just makes me think about it and if you're afraid of having your beliefs challenged like i you could ask me about anything that i believe and i have a reason for it but like i'll hear your argument no you're really good and i'll change it because i'm like cool that i i get it and it's just like a switch and i'm like cool i can let go of that like that was either my pride my ego my weird upbringing or like my homeschool vibes, like it's just like, it, yeah. I, I'm okay with that. And I think if you're not okay with that, that's when you should actually worry. When you're not okay with somebody challenging or like poking at what you believe, like it might just be because you're just regurgitating things that you've heard, or like you might not know why you believe. Even with like faith, with all of those mm-hmm. things, I'm like, please question, please question me. I want to have reasons for why I think the way that I do. I feel like I poke a lot of people, not on purpose, not because I like to debate. I'm not really a debater at all. You're curious. But, but being, well, being the architect is I have, I create new paradigms. So I have a very unique way of seeing things and I can see things. And so I push people. So, so I got a buddy that wanted to be a Nampa politician and he was talking about how angry he is because it takes so long to, ra- to rise up through politics and it's going to take so long before he can make a difference in Nampa. And I start challenging him on, I'm like, why do you need to go through the system? Why do you have to be a politician? Why do you even have to take these same steps? Like, go start a YouTube channel. Start having meetings. Like, you don't have to, you know, as the architect, I'm like, you can just create a new path. Like, yeah. you can you can get that same result and maybe you can do it in two years instead of 10 years. Like, why, like, why are you stuck in this contract? Which... I think in the end, it always ends up being like a good thing for people. But at the beginning, it normally puts me in these conflict type scenarios because they feel like I'm pushing against your idea. It's not that I'm pushing against it. I'm just saying like there's other ways to go about doing things. Yeah. Think no, you guys are very, very good about having. <laughs> we have so many heated discussions about very like what people would get so tense about. I feel like in, anyone walked into our office at any time would just be like, like because we don't always agree a lot of times like if there could be three very different views that that is the views that we all have yeah right (laughs) on everything and then we'll all but i'm just really thankful that you guys are the way you are because it's toughened me up to be proud of what i'm saying or to really think about what i where i stand on something and so it's just it's nice to have those 
conversations because it's not like you leave angry. Oh, I can't believe- yeah, that if you if you're leaving angry, you're doing it the wrong way, right? <laughs> yeah. But we all just genuinely are. Well, why do you you know? And everyone at the end of the day, everyone has good intentions for why they think the way they think. But it is it's really fascinating. Yep, and I think it's important. You know, outside of the the more discussion, I think it's okay to. We need to stop holding people so accountable for what they've said in the past. A lot of people like to to mm. freaking they like to hang people by their words. <laughs> we gotta really get over that. Uh, it's oh, like if if someone changes their perspective yeah. on something, yeah, that's okay. That's a good thing, Actually guys. That's celebrated. called that's called evolving. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's a good thing. Yeah, you should. We should be. We should be excited about that. We shouldn't be hanging people right. by what they said like, last told year. You so. or, exactly, <laughs> and so I I think. You know, I think it's, I think it's okay to, yeah, we just got to be more open to that Mm -hmm. because I do that all the time. You know, anyone that knows me well is like, I'll do, I'll change my, I'll go complete 180 on something I felt really strongly about 45 days ago because I've now had 45 days to think about this and to see the different perspectives. And I've now come to a new hypothesis. I have a new conclusion on how I feel about this subject matter. I have more information when you have more information and, and things change the picture, the picture changes. Yep. I think lead and and again, it's like leading with empathy, like just understanding that it's like maybe they maybe someone's not educated, maybe they haven't had these conversations, maybe they've seen something that changed their mind, but it's like do you just understand that and you give people grace for saying and thinking crazy things sometimes? All right, less consumption, more discussion, and less judgment too. I think yeah, because even like even if someone's uneducated, I know you didn't mean it like in a yeah. judgment way because I I can think that way too. I didn't sometimes. go to college, and it's, and it's like. Shoot. It's like what is like what is what does that even mean? They're not educated. What does that mean? So because someone doesn't have a degree, is like is that what educated means? And if that's the case, you know, then someone that doesn't have one doesn't have a you know. You're telling me they don't have you know worthy opinions or or really interesting ideas or whatever it may be. Um, some people are really freaking wise. Some people have no education and are just born so freaking wise and just really get it and you're just like wow that like and i'm sure you guys have met people like that too like that's just a really wise person that makes a lot of sense james mcclinton Um, (laughs) (laughs) sensei uh and vice versa sometimes you know i've met really educated people where i'm just like holy cow like you are just really not that bright like you are a walking book and vice versa there's really bright people that were educated the whole point is we just got to chill out. Like we're so heavy. We're so hard on each other. We're so judgmental. We're so, it's just like, let's just, everyone. Yeah. It's like, all love, everybody. Let's just it's bring it to Take a deep breath. Hey, deep just breath. Just like, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, can we, can we hit 20, can we negative 22 notches all the way around yeah. for 2021? I, I feel like for me, I don't have any room to judge anybody. Like I've screwed up enough in my life that I'm like, straight up. I do not have the, like, arm strength to point a finger at anybody because i'm like i'm just like no i can't judge anybody because i've screwed up enough that i'm like what what ground do i have to stand on like i'm not like this high and mighty person who can like point down at people it's like no we're all on the same level like you we're made all more alike than we are yeah well people are doing their best too like that's the other thing that i really try and like it's hard for me sometimes especially right now but i try and understand like people are doing their best like somebody who grew up in like a much different environment than me, whether they like, you know, come from poverty or they come from X, Y, Z, they're taking all of these like inputs that they've, 
that they've received throughout their life. And maybe it's like somebody talking down to them and maybe it's this experience that they had and this experience that they had and they're building their worldview, but like they're doing their best with like the, the pieces that they've been giving. When you talk about being educated, it might just be that one thing that like changes things for them. But at the end of the day, if somebody does something crazy or something that I don't agree with or X, Y, Z, it's like, I still try and have this like mindset of like, everyone's just doing their best. Even right. somebody who's doing super shitty things, they're still just doing their best. They're working with what they got and give people grace for that. Cause I, I've done things where people probably look at me. They looked at me when I was a teenager, when I was in high school, <laughs> when I'm making these decisions and they're like, wow, I don't know about that kid. And like, I was just doing my best. Thanks. I was working with what I had at the time. So I can gauges and all. Yeah. <laughs> Hair. Yeah, all of it. The, the poop <laughs> I, can, I can relate. Um, I think. I think another thing with education too that we forget is is some people have an immense education through life experiences, and I don't think people never account for that. You know, people that are really well traveled oftentimes are smart and interesting people because they have they see the world in a different place because they've experienced the, so many different worlds. Yeah. You know, same thing with some people, you know, they've just been through more in their life. Some people, dude, you might have been born in just a really good life and you haven't really experienced much pain. You've kind of just had a pretty chill life. You came from money. You went to college. You got a good job. Yeah, you had maybe a few bad breakups and and, and that was hard. But your life's been pretty straightforward where some people it's like, hey, you may have been born into poverty and literally gone on a journey out of poverty through all these different layers of life to to get to where you are uh, and in between. And so I think experience is another, is another big thing. But you'll, you'll never find that out without just like talking to people. Exactly. Thank you for listening to another episode of the creator clubhouse podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, share this with a friend, share this with a foe. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Come on. Be sure to call us on our voicemail. That's 208-391-2844. So you guys can call in, ask us questions. If you guys have stuff that you want us to address, just hit us on that number and we will start off the podcast with your guys' questions. You can also hit us on Art of Visuals as well. Uh, hit us with that DM. That's at Art of Visuals on Instagram. What's our assignment for the week? Ooh. Okay. The assignment for the week is to take our eyes off of ourselves and look out for the lost, lonely, and broken have a solid conversation with them, get to their heart, and then call us and tell us how it went. Leave us a voicemail. I want to hear mm. crazy stories yeah. about just mm. I love that. these discussions. Love it. I'm into it. I'm on it. I'm going to go do that today. One more time. Right the now. Number, the number is 208-391-2844. 2844.